Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Knights of Ren. It's Allie. And Maria. And today we are here to talk about the third episode of the Bad Batch series, Replacements, which is quite the episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll say off the bat with that title, I thought it was clever for the fact that it kind of worked with both storylines we got this episode because we got like more literal replacements with the ship and then we got replacements with people. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was, it was a multifaceted title. I guess... You immediately texted me when you watched the episode and were like, wow, that was a lot. So I guess, what did you think about this episode, Maria? Well, I, as you and I had just discussed, Allie, the, the tone change has now majorly shifted. We went really heavy with content and emotion and loss in this episode. And I knew that this was going to happen at some point in time. And here now, and they really gave it to us. <laughs> and I appreciate the heaviness because of what's going on yeah. during this time period. It's it's not supposed to be wine and roses right now. They're go like we are seeing the pure evilness of the empire as it's emerging as the burgeoning empire. So I want to see that it's not good, but of course I don't. I don't want to see people hurt. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's the show's been striking a good balance. And I like, like you said, I think it's necessary that we went yes. darker this episode. But I think so far between like emotion slash darker themes, it's been striking a good balance. And I think the way that they brought us in with kind of more of like a lighthearted, but not like fully lighthearted. Yes. Like you obviously, we saw stuff like we saw stuff with the chain codes. There was still conflict with crosshair, but it was still we saw like overall, the loss of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, and Order 66. God, I can't yes. wipe over that. But we saw stuff like that, but there was still such an emphasis on, like, the dad bond with Omega and, like, cute Omegas playing in the dirt. So I think it was well, good. Well, even Order 66 wasn't, I mean, yeah, it wasn't like they were at the Jedi Temple Order exactly. 66. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, so they were just with Kanan and Depa. Yeah, and I think it also plays well to that period, as you were saying, because like obviously mm -hmm. we're in this transition period. So I think building up where it is light, it is light, and then it just hits you like yes. echoes that in that way. And I think honestly but good on Star Wars for doing that to us. Yeah. Because that means that this episode would hit us harder. Yeah. And it and was supposed to. I think it was like it's powerful the way that this was the dark thing. Cause like, like you said, obviously order 66 is still happened, but for the fact that like, yes. the bad batch, while they worked with Jedi in the past, they weren't extremely tied to Jedi as yes. much as like other clones per se. So I think the way that they had, well, that was still emotionally heavy. And I think that's maybe also a reason, like there could be multiple reasons why Kanan was in it, but why they included that because it was a way that the audience who'd watched so much Star Wars before could emotionally connect to the moment still, but mm -hmm. it still had that development for the Bad Batch because obviously like the Bad Batch don't have a specific Jedi, I don't know, <laughs> that like yeah. they'd be super attached to. So I think that works well to build that emotion there, build that confusion, and then to hit us like this in this different kind of a way where it is dealing with this team still being split up and having to deal with these different scenarios and having to, obviously we have them again bringing up Crosshair. I thought it was a good episode. It was heavy. Heavy, yes. But again, the, the tone shift needed to happen because of, what's going on during this era. So I was expecting this. I was expecting it earlier, 
Like I was expecting, I was expecting this tone throughout mm-hmm. having the lighter tone in the earlier episode surprised me. Yeah. That surprised yeah. me. So then this was, this was a, an abrupt change. And <laughs> the best part was I wasn't really expecting it to be that like in yeah. my face yeah. and especially what they showed. I was like, wow, you guys are really like stabbing me in the heart today. Yeah, I'm going to call back to something and I said in a previous episode, obviously later, but another thing I said previously is when we were talking about, well, what's going to happen next week? I was literally saying like, la-di-da, we're just going on some missions to get some money. (laughs) Like I sounded, I mean, it sounds so pure. And then this just like hit me out of nowhere. And I was like, Because that's the tone that we were having. (laughs) Like, yeah it was quite the but the reality for for what's occurring in the empire things are starting to get darker and darker we're getting chain coats people ships are getting um taken to be registered and all these things Mm -hmm. so now like the darkness the greater (laughs) darkness is is starting to just drown all of it out yeah and it immediately sets that tone with the fact that even though we start the episode off with, oh, let's launch out for Omega, cute parenting moment. Then we immediately get like launched into a crash landing. So like it immediately sets that precedent where it's like, nope, things are terrible here. So yes. Yeah. It's going to, maybe it's going to be a balance because we get, yeah, we start her out. We start episode with Omega curled up next to the <laughs> gonk droid called yeah. Gonky. <laughs> Gonky, what a name. And then, of course, yeah, they're they're the bad batch. They crash. <laughs> they're the bad batch. But Wrecker, they crash. Yes, but Wrecker had to be dramatic about it. Of course, that was the best. Oh was, my god, he shouldn't say that, you know, around Zomi. <laughs> Child, yeah, this was because, really yes. Uh, Wrecker gets schooled on parenting as so. Carry like, your yeah. child to death. <laughs> to in, death. In yeah. a very bad life-threatening situation don't let them feel safe (laughs) yeah yeah in this part I wanted to bring this up particularly especially because I already this already crossed my mind but also because you'd said something when we we were talking about aftermath Wrecker hits his head and that immediately triggered my brain to be like oh god is something with the chip gonna happen it still could because like obviously that no that and they brought it up throughout the episode too and I thought the same thing I was like no but there's one thing that Tech said at the beginning of the episode, right before they crash, mm-hmm. he was planning on Looking checking all of their inhibitor chips. And I was like, thank goodness thank he's goodness. checking their chips because I don't want, I, I want to make sure everyone's safe. I want to make sure everyone's okay. I want to make sure that no one's going to end up like Crosshair. Also, speaking of them all talking about the chips we had another moment in this episode where omega and tech are just like guys shouldn't you know this about the chips and everyone's like what the frick you two why didn't you tell us (laughs) like these two just need to have better communication over this clearly they don't know a lot or anything about these fridge yes I think they need to sit down and have a PowerPoint about the chips. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I, I would think I could do a PowerPoint in like a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting, like, because I, I guess she only really talked to Crosshair in the first episode. She didn't like publicize it as much that like it wasn't his fault. But yeah. like, I just thought it was interesting that it took that long for that to come up for everyone. Yes. Um, 
but I, I'm glad and Omega it did. sticks up for yeah. for Crosshair. Yeah, it makes me think about that scene with him still, where she literally mm-hmm. like talks to him and she's like, "I know, like." what you have to do but like it's not your fault or whatever however she phrases it like oh yes yes (laughs) and I'm glad that she's explaining it to them that but tech already knows that so (laughs) tech just like expects everyone to know everything I don't know where the other guys are thinking that crosshair abandoned them or hurt them on purpose yeah yeah when it's it's really not his choice and you can kind of see that when he's in the room later on oh he like the look bravo to the animator like redemption pose it's like the pose that tam and callus do he did like the sitting with all the pose and i was like oh my god that's so funny yes (laughs) i know exactly what you're talking about it's such a thing now like if you go in this pose you're gonna no (laughs) that's so funny yes yeah that's hilarious Allie I didn't even realize that but you're right I I totally remember Tam doing the same thing yes yes I'm I'm not actually after we record I will tweet a photo with all yes doing it okay good because I don't think I've seen anyone talk about it I'm like true this episode does not paint him in the best light so like understandable but it also it also sets him up because they said Hunter was not mad later on when they are on oh, the yeah. moon of, of Bordeaux. When they crash on there and Hunter uh, says that he's upset at himself for leaving him behind. Not that he's upset at Crosshair. Yeah. But I think that's after having heard that from Tech and also from Omega and processing that mm-hmm. after a little bit of time. I think that's when he came to that conclusion later on. But that sets him up for redemption because that it seems to me like then they're all softening on it and realizing that it's not him. Yeah. And Omega even says it later on in the episode (laughs) that we'll go back and we'll go get him. And he's like, okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I I just feel like I, I think it's a difficult thing to play. It's always a difficult thing with redemption, like with this fandom and redemption. But I feel like this time, especially, it's important to remember those things and to constantly acknowledge them for the fact that like out of any redemption, like he literally is being controlled by the Kim Nones. And like, yes. we can all argue as much as we want about how early in the first episode, he before he got the extra treatment, he was still kind of a jerk and wanted to kill some Jedi. But like, ultimately, he still has this chip and he still has this like lack of control and like even beyond the chip like it's important to also acknowledge that he's still like a bred clone who is like yes like even though he's different and the bad batch are all different like he's still a clone like he's still a soldier and good soldiers follow Follow orders orders. yes (laughs) okay and speaking of crosshair we go to the second we get the beginning the second kind of storyline with this episode um, with Crosshair and his new recruits. And in this first scene, when Rampart comes in, he brings, um, and Tarkin's talking to him, he brings up Project War Mantle, and I, people immediately called out that that was in Rogue One. And I was yes. Like, yes, yes. And also, I just thought, it, I like that they were still carrying it over, like, because the chain codes were set up in the previous episode. And just, like, the whole idea with Soldiers itself, because it was built up, and I was, I was getting... I wasn't worried. I knew they were going to still cr- touch on Crosshair, but like with what the trailers were showing, which were like good on the trailers, but they were making mm-hmm. it like it was going to be more Bad Batch mission heavy, save the world. Yes. Um, 
so I, I was I like that they carry that over and especially with the chain codes because it like keeps that progression where it's like yes this is the period of time that's changing and we saw that in the previous episode and mm-hmm. here Harkin is acknowledging it here so yeah. yes yes and they're they're trying to figure out Tarkin and Rampart are trying to figure out what they're going to do with the clones Mm -hmm. as possible commanders teaching the new recruits the ways of, I don't know, the, (laughs) what would you call it? The new Imperial (laughs) Army, I guess? Navy? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) New Imperial fleets? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what we will call it. So, or new troopers. So they're, they're going to try out the new recruits as troopers, which are people that are opting to do, mm-hmm. uh, to become a soldier. Yeah, there were two lines I particularly wrote down in my notes. I wrote down the line that, like, one of the soldiers says about getting a roof over my head and, like, getting fed. And that's more than the Republic ever did for me. Because mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting to include something like that that really shows gives it extra like layers to why people signed up to like join the empire beyond just being like soldiers you know um and then i also like you were talking about i wrote down that line about how strengths can be taught and i think the loyalty of those who are willing to willingly to enlist is what i see tremendous value in like yeah i both of those quotes just like add so much more layers to like this time period like why these choices are being made because like obviously we all knew that like the clone army was decommissioned but like i love the how much they're expanding upon the specifics of that and like you were saying how the clones are kind of being like the commanding force and then obviously this is jumping in a bit um ahead a bit but like the fact that not only are they going to be that commanding force but as we see later they really do come to be like the driving force as well in terms of like the imperial pushing do what must be done and we will control you through, through fear because like the empire is always yes. to control through fears yeah. yes and like um, and this is showing how it has snowballed into what we see in a new hope mm-hmm, yeah. or solo or rogue one yeah or rebels so it's nice to i mean i don't i don't like it but i i appreciate <laughs> yeah. seeing the origin of yes. where it comes from where that fear came from and how it started in this manner yeah and especially like with that getting both the it's roof over my head and keeps me fed. And then obviously, as we see later, there is still reservations around the orders that are being given. Like the fact that even though later on, obviously they become as conditioned as clones is the way through fear. But the fact Mm -hmm. that we see at at a time, these like bucket heads still came from a place like any other person where it wasn't, or at least for a good, a good portion of them or a good, at least a select few of them. It wasn't just pew pew. I can have, control over the galaxy and or and to have a purpose there was something more beyond that purpose it was like Mm -hmm. oh wow there's something deep I can have a light like this gives me extra reservations for my life and I still can like serve my system or empire or whatever Mm -hmm. I can serve my I don't want to serve the galaxy there we go (laughs) and like have this extra like bit of weight in those choices I, I liked getting that yeah yeah so they want to test the new recruits yes so they say the one place that no one wanted to hear <laughs> just kidding not the one place but like as soon as I heard on I was like uh-oh 
Yes, because Tarkin wants to see if they are truly loyal, because that is what Lama <laughs> Sue was saying that the clones are actually loyal. Mm-hmm. And this is Tarkin's way to see if he can get the clones as commanders to teach or inspire fear yep. in the new recruits. Yes. And oh boy. I literally said when I tweeted about this when we were doing aftermath, there's literally like a quote of me in that episode saying, like, at least it's good that they didn't kill some of the people yeah. there. Like, that's good. At least we saw some solace. <laughs> Guess what happens in this episode? Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was that was ironic, Ellie. Oof, I jinx everything. Everything bad that <laughs> happens, I jinx it. <laughs> That was ironic. I uh, I seriously was not expecting them to mm-hmm. go back to finish these people yeah. off. But this just, okay, mm-hmm. I really don't like Tarkin. Yeah. And this just makes me dislike Tarkin. I mean, the list for my, my not liking Tarkin just deepens. Like, I like he is probably one of my most hated <laughs> characters. I think even though it wasn't like expected, I think it was... I, I feel like it's weird to say this is powerful because of how dark it is, but it, it was powerful in the fact that they could have just sent them, oh, let's test the new yes. recruits on some random mission. No, they actually exactly. kept that storyline going. And we're like, yeah. I, I mean, and on what I said in the first episode, at least Saul wasn't there. Like, obviously, he's still going to learn about Oh, I know. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Uh, I just, poor Saul. But to end all those people poor and that, that one soldier that was actually saying like we're not a death squad and he stuck up and did the right thing even though he was being a jerk earlier but that's I mean I guess he kind of wasn't even being that big of a jerk he was just saying like maybe I'll be commander that's just kind of you know what people do that are more aggressive in that manner I guess there's nothing really wrong with that and I guess especially like being assertive order in place and you're like viewed as one of like the top soldiers who's not like alone obviously you're gonna have a little sense of entitlement if not more yeah Um, and it's comp it's competition like he was just trying he was being competitive so yeah (laughs) i mean at least he did the right thing and tried to stick up for those people exactly and tarkin knew that the only way this would work is if he fully controlled crosshair to like you know, yeah. degree because mm-hmm. they put him in that, yes. you know, med bay and even amped him up more right more. before the mission. So they like, he was completely under their control mm-hmm. to a scary degree. And Tarkin was like, this is exactly what we want. Yeah. Cause like, at least, at least in like the previous episodes, there was like some sense of like at least communication. There was still more communication. Like he didn't immediately like shoot them down in that first episode. He yeah. There was still some communication there. Yes. But like here, it's just like nope. Yeah. Pew pew. You yeah. don't you don't know where Saw is, then you yeah. have nothing for me. Then you're dead. And that is what Tarkin told him to do. And I think maybe that's another reason why. Tarkin maybe becomes more so even more so anti-clone especially if he gets like a redemption or something like late like crosshair later gets like something that will just push Tarkin further where he's like okay nope no clones bye bye (laughs) yeah yeah 
yeah because it, it just it's so interesting because of how much we do see Tarkin and how much of this yes. force he constantly plays like he plays an, enforce, a, an imposing force in Rebels he plays an imposing force in the show he's even an imposing force back during the Clone Wars so like I and just I never really got this that he was like wanting you know Palpatine's or Sidious's position but mm-hmm. I guess he's he was like yeah. that was his end goal I never understood that. I always just thought he was just pure evil and like. (laughs) Honestly, that's valid. But he wanted the power too. So, but I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like loyalty to a degree. It's like loyalty to build those connections and like even more so. I want to see that though. Maybe that's why he wants to be so involved with this because if yes. he can find a way to be controlling in this way, exactly have that extra layer of power that maybe Palpatine yes. doesn't have as much influence in. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, is I want to see where he's like trying to usurp Palpatine's power. Mm. Like I want to see that because we don't see that. Like I only see him as his lapdog. So I want to <laughs> see that. Okay, so back to our other storyline. Oh yeah, um, so they are on the moon of Ordo. Ordo, yes. And the so, Ordo dragon takes the capacitor mm-hmm. because he needs the energy from it to eat. So he runs off with it and Hunter and Omega go off. Yeah, Omega find... just wants to help again. Like, it's just so pure. Like, she keeps trying so hard to, like, wanting to earn their respect and their, like, willingness to let her help. And that's like why I think this was so important is like obviously episode after episode like they continued to build that up where it's like oh yeah we're more and more progressively accepting of you but I think this episode especially having this yeah. like specific mission where she put her foot down and then in the end she did what she did which we'll get to later but like when she did that that really was that good progressive point where I think it really did finally show them like or at least Hunter like that she it's a risk obviously but everyone has to take risks in this time that's why like even when like Ezra and Sabine were in the war like they they realized the risks they were taking but like it was a risk that had to be done because of the times they were in and I think this was an important step for Omega and Hunter's relationship and Mm -hmm. more recognition of being willing her to let her take that risk and especially because as she says she's a part of the squad so that's why he repeats that at the end where he's like yes you are a part of our group so yeah And I really noticed the part where she's watching and learning from him. There we go. Yes. (laughs) She was like, I, and she said this too. She's like, I want to learn to track like you. Yes. Maria was having a good theory week this week. I was was like, like, it just came, this episode just came. It was like feeding me, feeding the theory. (laughs) That was feeding her Like, oh my gosh. And I want to get on this too, because like, I don't want to sound like I'm attacking other people's theories, but like when we get to this part in the episode, we could have easily seen Omega force connect with yes. the animal. She yeah. did not yeah. force connect. There is the no animal. force connection. There's yeah, we gotta leave the force out of this one. It's in this it's, scenario. Yeah, yeah. No. So like just like resistance, let's not try and pull it in in any way, shape, or form. I mean, if they happen. do, like whatever, but I think it was important no. that that happened for the fact that like it does show that like people can be resourceful and can yes. want to learn abilities beyond the force. Exactly. And and Star Wars does make a point of that because they really did make a point of that. Mm-hmm. in resistance so yeah. 
and um, the scene like yes. it makes you seem like the way the scene kind of slows down it makes mm-hmm. it seem like it's a Ezra or a Grogu moment where it's gonna mm-hmm. happen and then it doesn't she yep. uses her other resourceful skills and her other yep. like abilities to think on her feet and solves the situation and like yep. I, I just love that it has that and like on your theory like you were saying with resistance and with this show mm-hmm. I definitely agree for the fact that like not only just for this show on its own, but for Omega as a character and for characters in general. Because as much as I love seeing a child or any kind of person come to like terms with like, oh, this power I have and how I'm going to use it and the responsibility and the past of the Jedi, like as interesting as that all could be, there are other ways that people learn abilities. There are other yes. ways people grow. There are other ways that people can utilize skills in this challenging, confusing galaxy time period. So like, yes. yeah, I, I just, I, I just think that's so important. And I think the fact that this episode also emphasizes, can I learn from you? It's not just, yes, oh, I have this skill too. Like that was, I think that was the one reservation I had about the series. I was worried, even though she was going to learn from that, I felt like mm-hmm. it was too easy mm-hmm. but the fact that she acknowledged at least acknowledges like obviously in the end she does seem to pick it up pretty fast but she still acknowledges i want to learn from yes you. she vocalizes that and i thought like i was- think yeah she has to access that knowledge from them mm-hmm. i think i don't know yeah, this yeah. Is, no this i think so my too. theory like <laughs> That's the way it was presented, at least to me in the first episode, the way that I was understanding it was that she wasn't just able to do these things easily, like she needed to have some form of guidance, except for the gun thing, but that's like instinctual for her as a clone to them. So that's already showing like she has innate abilities. She has like the innate ability to track, but she still has to like access that ability through hunter and learning those those skills still it's not like she's gonna just pick up dirt and be like okay I know to go this way (laughs) I think it's definitely been set up that way and I think for her as a character and on that note as you were talking yes connecting when she fires at crosshair she has that moment of connection with him true she doesn't like learn from him he doesn't mm-hmm. like say like oh i'm shooting this blah blah yes. blah but there was this moment between the two of them where they're connecting on some level mm-hmm. and communicating so i definitely think like on that level of like connecting to help learn yes mm-hmm. and picked it up in that instant yeah and i think that when she follows her instincts what she saw from hunter and goes in after the ordo moon dragon to get the capacitor and she she watches the dragon and realizes that he's kind of like a dog (laughs) and like he's he looks scary he looks super scary like alien you know like rawr (laughs) scary (laughs) (laughs) um like alien is in the movie franchise yeah yeah yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, scary but but she realized he wasn't scary. And when she calmed herself down and was watching what he wanted and what he was doing. Exactly. And that's, I think, I think she was kind of putting herself in the mindset of what Hunter would do because Hunter is a tracker. Therefore he watches and would see what this dragon is doing because he's not necessarily trying to hurt him or her. And that's exactly what happened. It wasn't trying to hurt them. It was going for, it's food source. That was it. So yeah. when she turned her flashlight on and 
and realize that's what this uh, creature wanted and threw it to it, then the little dragon was happy and she was able to wander off and everyone was great. And Hunter was so impressed. Like on that note, I was saying like that was just such an important step for them Mm -hmm. and for her, I feel like too, because not only was it trying to convince the Bad Batch that she was capable, but going back to Cut and Run, she obviously personally has some challenges of her own with her own self-worth and her own self-confidence where she did have those moments of like, did I do something wrong? What could I have done better? Mm -hmm. Like going back to that whole complex, like for her, it was important too to be able to prove herself and to be able to like go through that like process. Like obviously in the previous episodes, like she had ran off and done stuff, but I think this especially, and then in the end also, like you said, getting that extra layer of acceptance and approval from Hunter so important for her mm-hmm. yeah. so it's pure over here we're all happy and given dragons flashlights <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> what is crosshair oh doing? my gosh <laughs> meanwhile on Andron, it's death death yeah and it, it was hard it was all hard i think the hardest obviously was definitely the villagers oh my god just when they were just like I, we we just have passage off world oh. we just want to go and oh that was it breaks my heart no so many like other we've so much before we've seen that like that conflict where it maybe helps lead to a better outcome or at least they get to escape this time no it goes full dark there is no escape <laughs> and it's oh so and it's all and it's interesting because crosshair isn't the one that shoots them yeah he tells the other soldiers to shoot them and that's that part of control that's like that fear complex building that Perkin will really utilize it's like yes it's not just i will get the job done it is i will instill fear and like that's why he doesn't shoot them but he shoots one of like the new recruits like to bring that level of fear and to control to then have Mm -hmm. them willingly commit the actions and then now these people once they've done this they'll continue to do horrible horrible things because now they've done this awful awful thing yeah exactly exactly they're going to create this cycle yes tarkin tarkin i i want to punch i wanted to punch you since clone wars but now um yeah oof even peel no would have words with tarkin man that whole citadel arc yeah he tarkin yes so much <laughs> and he's all looking at anakin like this this is wonderful and tarkin's like such a interesting like parallel character because like he's powerful in the sense that when he is bringing like control and like even when he's like that powerful force that like just executes Oresco and great without like a second thought like obviously the Grand Inquisitor does but like he gives the order but like it's stuff like that where it's like oh yeah Tarkin he's dark and and then there's like (laughs) I feel like the moments like this where he's really playing with people on that extra level it like gets to you extra like whenever he like attacks Ahsoka or yeah that's another arc that made me hate people like whenever he attacks Ahsoka or like even manipulates like through this way he does with these new recruits like that's when Tarkin really hits the hardest for me where I'm like Tarkin why (laughs) Yeah. Because he's Tarkin. Because he's Tarkin. Yes. Yeah. 
but he's yes. he is impressed at how the outcome is yeah i thought it was interesting like obviously maybe he, it's just because the bad batch is so reckless but i'm surprised he didn't also observe these new recruits like with a probe or something like he seemed like he yeah. hadn't like observed at all so like even you could even like argue like That's oh maybe true. he's just like acting like oh you lost someone i'm so surprised like he could have done that but just the way he communicates through that scene and also the way that he doesn't seem to acknowledge the fact that one of them did turn again so he clearly wasn't watching so i just thought mm -hmm. that, that was interesting that he's giving them more credit than he did the bad batch but like okay tarkin fine <laughs> well now now the kaminoans are worried though and this is mm -hmm. where another part of the theory yes comes is up where Lamasu and Nala say are talking and they're discussing the superior clone and someone is needed from the bad batch to create or finish the superior clone mm -hmm. and, and I'm thinking Omega might be the superior clone yeah. that they're referring to so much weight for the fact that like a superior clone b for the fact that it's like we need to top Tarkin in some way. Like Tarkin is finding this like way of finding more power. So we need to match that with our own ability. And like, then obviously we just need one that's clearly hinting to a mix. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They give a big out room and it's so pure. Oh my gosh. And it was Wrecker that made it for her. <laughs> yeah. For his dawn, it made me so happy. And that I was so sweet. Yes, it was so sweet. But yeah, so they clearly have built a much stronger bond, all of them, with her. And so I feel like it's going to be difficult because obviously they want to get Crosshair back, like they acknowledge on this episode. And then they also have to survive because, like, we've seen through the trailers that they're still trying to get by in the galaxy and, like, get money. And obviously, we see in this episode they're low on rations and stuff. Like, even though their ship's fixed, they still got other problems. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce that with like the continuous crosshair stuff. And obviously I feel like crosshair like will come more into play with the them per se. And so it'll be interesting. It it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful because I feel like now that Hunter has this extra intuition on the chips, it's going to hurt on an extra level to try to communicate and get through to him and want like, even though he knows it's not his fault, like, he, there's that extra, like, chance of getting him back, and that's, oh, it's gonna make it harder. Ah! Yeah, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping they can get him back, because we, we got that hint that you showed me <laughs> from the composer. Yeah. About well, the finale for this season being, yeah. and, and it being very You thought hard death immediately, and I was like, oh, God, yes. Maria. <laughs> I mean, yes, but also, oh no, who? I, that, that's what I think. Yeah, I think, I think someone's not going to make it. I swear. Okay, I can't, as long as Omega Hunter. I, I'm going to assume it's Crosshair. This is my assumption. It's either Crosshair or it'll be someone like, oh my gosh, it'll if be they the kill Hunter, I will no, they're not going to kill Hunter. Kill I can't Blake emotionally Wrecker. take Hunter dying. Are you kidding me? No. I think they're going to, if it, maybe it would be Wrecker. No, stop saying my favorite. I'm sorry. I just. 
But we love tech because that's your favorite. <laughs> well, no, I the, the only reason I'm thinking not tech is because like I know chips. I know Don Hunter because he's the leader. Yeah. Omega would be very dark. Hunter that would be awful. Oh my god. Hunter and Co- Hunter and Crosshair make the most sense, but if they really want to break us, which they see no. like he even replied to someone who was like Oh, are you trying oh, to burying the dead? And then he was like, "We try our best," and everyone was like, "Excuse me." Wait, what? What did? What? Did, wait, what? What did they say? Someone commented on his, on the post and was like, "Oh, so, so you're trying to make another like buried of the dead?" Or they said like that cl- song from that in Clone Wars, like mm-hmm. like the, are you trying to make another song like that? And, they, and he said, "We try our best," and I'm like, um, "Way to be very blatant about the future death in Star Wars." yeah but that was like beyond that that, no that was like too many people there (laughs) that's awful no (laughs) no no i think this show is just really surprising me on an emotional level like even beyond the dark stuff like i I was even talking about this like this show has made me cry slash feel really emotional so much and like only episodes where it's like oh my god this is really heavy (laughs) Yes. Like, and I, like, I appreciate being challenged that way. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying like, if, if they went super dark, maybe that would be good for all yeah. of us. Maybe we need to be challenged that way. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what I said last episode, yeah. I definitely would like hope they went that like pure route where like they settle down and have a good life. But I feel like mm-hmm. there definitely has to be some weight in the end, especially yeah. with the time we are in. Yeah. And I feel like on some level, it'll just be interesting to see how Rex comes into play. I'm still, that yeah. still is so. I feel like he's my coming mind, soon. Only because of where he ends up in Rebels, where I'm just like, I need to see like where this show takes that relationship with them and mm-hmm. where it takes like clones in all of their perceptions. Yeah. Are we going to see all of those guys in yeah. these episodes? Because is he going to be already with them? Yeah, because they, he ends up with Gregory and Wolf. And not only that, he is so insistent that he's done with fighting in that episode in Rebels. Mm-hmm. So clearly, there's going to be some that goes down. Yeah. Because clearly he's still, he, he's obviously more so on the run in this, like, because, like, he immediately leaves, like, cut, and he's, like, going off who knows where. But, like, I feel like there's going to be some extra layer to that because we've seen the show already touch on stuff from Rebels. So I'm, like, and I really happen? like to see how they all get together and if they could like kind of delve into that in the Bad Batch a little bit, mm-hmm. that would be awesome yes. and kind of set them up for Rebels. Oh, please. Oh, please. Fanny, moo. But like, I think that could no. work for the fact that like you still ultimately have, this show is about like those implications of like clones and the relationships yeah. in their future. So I feel like that could work. And for the fact that it's like, oh, I'm going to make this choice and go off with these people and be like out of the fight. Or maybe the Bad Batch continues to be like, okay, we understand that choice, but we need to continue to push for freeing all the clones, which is like the big theory that's going around now. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) People just want, people want the, we didn't get the Stormtrooper Rebellion in Tross, so people are like, now give us the Clone Rebellion. (laughs) Like, give give us something. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Yes. (laughs) So how did you think of the, episode overall Allie 
like we've been saying, it was an important step for the show Mm -hmm. in terms of tone and in terms of the relationships between the characters. And I think it was a good pushing off point because it was important for cut and run to have that time to work on the relationship before we got back to the crosshair stuff because obviously Mm -hmm. Omega was such a new addition to this group and she is like a child like is acknowledged many times in that episode so I think that was important but I think now that we had this episode that really kind of solidifies that jumping off point for these different parts of the show in terms of Omega, in terms of the clones of the Kaminoans, and in terms of Crosshair and his relationship to the Bad Batch. I think this was just a very good setting off point in terms of tone and relationships that will really benefit the show in the future. So yeah, definitely like this episode. Yes. Yes. Anything else you'd like to add? No, other than I wonder where they're going next and when <laughs> when are we going to see Rex? Those are the only two Rex things. Rex and Fennec. I need I yeah. need Yeah, and Fennec. Fennec. Yes. Yes. Me. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's going to be interesting how they tie in. I'm hoping soon. <laughs> hoping soon. One one in the next episode. Yeah. That's what I hope. So Do we know how many episodes this is? Do we No. Remember? That's what I was wondering too. I'm like, are we going to get more? Then like it's 10 like or the 12. 10. Those numbers just sound oh. right to me. I don't know why. 10 or 12. Because that's like the Disney Plus is usually 8 to 10. But I'd say like 12 only for the fact that like it is an animated Star Wars show. So maybe there'll be some lead away there. So I don't know. We'll see. Push for 18. <laughs> Honestly. You know, 23 for D23. Come on. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> everyone all the clone wars i get the most like we'll think of the number that works the best to get us the most you know, <laughs> yeah anyway thank you all so much for listening you can follow us on twitter me at ali underscore m underscore andrews me at mayor of the galaxy and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Knights of Wren, on Instagram at Knights underscore of Wren. And you can check us out on Anchor and all the other platforms that we podcast on. Thank you all so much for listening. And we hope you all come back next time to listen to us talk more Star Wars. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. Wear a mask. <laughs>